Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and I'm going to give you some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view one you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, I want to thank you guys for all your support. I really do, really do appreciate it. May God bless you guys. Um, I have made it to 48. Today is my birthday. I am 40. Eight years old by the grace of God. Didn't think I'd make it this far, <laughs> but God had other plans. <laughs> so I want to talk to you guys about lawlessness today. Lawlessness. And um, we got a warning from pastors and big tech beast system technology tycoons are more than capable of influencing society on a worldwide scale. Guys, I tell you a lot about how evil we are and how I don't really watch the news that much because of so much violence uh, is prevalent in society. It's almost like a norm. And um, some things uh, that um, I'm going to talk to you guys about today are pretty violent. I'm not going to show the video because, once again, this is a podcast and I won't be putting this on YouTube. <laughs> so uh, here's one of the articles I want to talk to you guys about. It's about Tyler Durden. You can find it at zerohedge.com. So, where they were laughing, rogue gang of teens brutally beat gas station clerk in a lawless Seattle. Um, so we're, you know, I, I quote that scripture a lot. Um, lawlessness, because of lawlessness, the hearts of many will grow cold because of lawlessness. I always missed that part earlier when I read that when I was younger, um, even a couple of years ago. It didn't really dawn on me, um, but it doesn't it, it makes sense now. Because of lawlessness, the hearts of many will grow cold. And this video is brutal. Uh, it's very brutal. You guys can watch it at zerohedge.com uh, if you would like to. It's at Christopher uh, F.Rufo, R-Rufo, R-U-F-O, uh, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days. And you can watch it there. So uh, this article says, A violent assault on a Seattle gas station clerk by teenagers all for $100 in cigarettes further highlights the growing culture of violence plaguing America's younger generation. And dare I say, it's not just America anymore. Um, he goes on to say, local news, Fox 13, said the gas station clerk in Normandy Park uh, was attending the register Friday night when a gang of young teens driving a stolen Kia in Hyundai, or uh, Hyundai ransacked the store. And in the process, one of the kids brutally beat the clerk while the other stole 100 bucks from the register and cigarettes, folks. You, mm. Anyway, goes on to say, uh, kids don't seem to fear anything anymore. Leah Johnson, the gas station cashier at Friendly Normandy Market, told uh, Fox 13, adding, "There's, there's like no repercussions for them the way they're used to be." You guys, you remember that when I was a kid? You know the things in school that were bad when I was a kid was talking in class and chewing gum. That's what teachers had to worry about. And now look at it. He goes on to say, Johnston is correct. Progressive cities like Seattle have defended or defunded pol uh, police and only emboldened criminals to commit thefts and, over, uh, and other violent crimes. She explained the robbery only lasted 25 seconds. During it, she described they were laughing. They had no regard for anything. They don't care anymore, unquote. Johnston continued, I know of people who have been robbed. I know in the back of my mind it can always happen, but I never thought I would be attacked the way I was attacked, she said. King County Sheriff's Department was dispatched to help with the investigation to identify the six suspects, some of whom were teens, in a separate incident on, in August, only to be reported over the weekend after progressive mainstream media failed to report it, were two teens who murdered a bicyclist for laughs with a car in Las Vegas. So folks, I watched that, but I had to stop watching when they hit the, the guy on a bike. It was sickening. 
says Las Vegas juveniles involved in two hit and run crashes after stealing a Hyundai and recording their crimes. One of their victims, a 64 year old male, was riding a mountain bike and later died of his injuries. Both juveniles were caught by LVPD and it was on TikTok. Folks, they put this on TikTok and I did watch some of it until they hit the guy, they hit other people. Folks, I just made me sick. Anyway, nationwide, there's an alarming trend in violence committed by teens. Some experts question if mental health issues stemming from COVID lockdowns are the reasons for the outburst of violence. Or perhaps Hollywood desensitizes teens with violent movies, songs, and uh, video games. Or maybe it's social media or the state promoting fatherless homes. While it's too early to tell why the younger generation feels the need to reenact scenes from the video game Grand Theft Auto, failed social justice reform has only fueled a crime wave rocking major metro areas. Dare I say, when you took God out of school and God out of our country and you took God out of everything, well, gee, what do you think's going to happen? He goes on to say, maybe it's time for the Biden administration to address the violent youth crime wave that is now killing innocent law-abiding Americans. Remember, the government is supposed to work for law-abiding taxpayers, not the other way around. Yes, folks. That is, guys, I don't suggest you go and watch that, but if you want to, you can go and watch it. The one with the bicycle is very bad. And here we do have a little bit of hope. Warning from pastors. The whole world is running towards a cliff. Don't be silent. This was posted today, September the 19th. Um, and it is um, featured on harbingersdaily.com. So Pastor Jack Kibbs, Real Life Ministry, and Pastor Gary Hamrick from Cornerstone Chapel delivered two prominent speeches at the 2023 Family Research Council Pray Vote Stand Summit. The pastors gave two separate messages, yet they shared one common theme. It's not political it's biblical. Both pastors made it clear that all the issues we are dealing with in our day, such as abortion, transgenderism, marriage, economics, homeland security, and everything under the sun was first established in sacred scripture. For both men, their pastoral duties involve keeping the church aware of our need to be engaged with what is deemed by society as quote, political, quote, there is no place to put God aside, Hib said, as someone often referred to um, as a Christian nationalist, he emphasized that Christians should be engaged in politics. After all, as Hibbs made clear, what is a political, what is political or what is political is first biblical. Hamrick touched on this as well, noting that he is not a political Christian nationalist as much as he is a practical Christian biblicist. Hibbs noted pastors have recalled they have stepped back, but they need to get up front more than ever before, he said. He goes, Hamrick referenced C.S. Lewis's quote, which stated, quote, when the whole world is running towards a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. Hamrick argued that many of the ideas the world is promoting are equivalent to running toward a cliff, and there are many pastors who are choosing not to address these matters. He added, they are saying, well, just don't. we just don't want to get too political, as if it's too political for the church to address the, society, the social evils of the day. Hibbs added um, how a lot of blame should be put uh, how a lot of blame should be put at the foot of the church. He explained how believers need to be engaging by voting from a biblical worldview. In doing so, he argued, they are working towards getting more pro-life, pro-marriage, pro-nation, pro-military back into the government. The people in charge may not be explicitly Christian, but by voting from a biblical worldview, 
Um, as Hibbs puts it, we vote for who most closely aligns with biblical values. Hibbs said, you want to save America? To which he answered, since Jesus is the only way and true Messiah, America will only be saved in God's house, he says. So guys, if you want to read a little bit more of that, you can. Um, Hammer talks about we are now in Babylon. He says, uh, "We will we be conformed to Babylon or we will transform or will we transform babylon he says christians are not leaving their lane by addressing political matters he argued but as he emphasized it is those in opposite opposition to the truth that are fighting to hijack the narrative on social and moral issues so um i go on to say uh you know i, I love pastor jack kibbs i do and um i haven't listened to hamrick um might be a guy i might want to go listen to there um but the big thing is, yes, I agree. As Christians, we do need to vote. Uh, we need to vote for the the most person who aligns with our biblical beliefs. Um, I do believe that. Um, do I believe government is going to save America? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, the only person that will save America is Jesus Christ. That is it. Our only hope is Jesus. That's our only hope. And so, um, I do. I do think as as a Christian, we do need to be involved. Um, because like the Bible says, there is a restraining force right now, which is the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us Christians. I do believe that we are the restrainer. And then, of course, when we are taken out of the way, then that man of lawlessness will be revealed. So I do believe that we are a restraining force. God has us here for this time right now. And I do believe we are to do whatever we can to further the kingdom, to take our stand and to fight for uh, what God has called us to fight for. We are to be the salt and light in this world. You know, people say, we're the light, all the light. Yeah, but we're also the salt. And so, you know, if you ever get salt in a wound, it burns, you know, but it heals. And so uh, we need to continue fighting the good fight until God takes us home. And so I'm not a very political person, but I used to be. I, I used to be, man, I tell you what, I was a Republican, diehard Republican Um I was actually a researcher for the the two counties that where I live. Uh, first, it started as one, and of course, then we merged later on. But um, you know, I, I kind of just kind of got out of the, you know, just kind of faded away. I had other things that came up to be more important. The Bible became more important. Telling people about the end times became more important to me. Um, so I focused more on those things than I did on my political um, things that I were that I was doing. And so uh, I do believe, as Christians, we are to vote the Bible or to vote for the people who most closely align with biblical values. I completely agree with that. Um, but I don't think that, um, that's going to save America. (laughs) That's just not. And I think, um, where some people mistakenly think they put their hope and trust in like Trump. Everybody's like, okay, she's Trump, 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 and, or, or whoever. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they think that this person is going to save them or this person is going to save the United States. That's not how this works. It's like that, 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 that commercial. It's not how any of this works. You know, that's not how it works. Jesus Christ is the only one that can, is going to save us. And, um, you know, I think God puts, he, he raises up kings and he takes them down. Remember, he raises up nations and he takes them down. And so God is ultimately in control and so I think, you know, by voting these people in, I, I think we are making, you know, making a stand for that. But I think people put too much emphasis, you know, on the person and not Jesus Christ. And that's where that's where I think they fail. I think we need to pray for our leaders. We are commanded in the Bible to pray for our leaders. And so I think we really, as as Christians, need to get back to doing that. I mean, I know Biden, I don't, I don't think Biden is even there anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> the lights on but nobody's home <laughs> um bless his heart i tell we say that a lot in texas i don't mean that bad either i mean really bless his heart i pray he gets saved um and his son too he's just um the wickedness they're just they're totally wicked to the core but like you know the bible says we're not fighting against flesh and blood so we're not fighting against them per se we're fighting against principalities and demons and all these different people and so when you think about it if you're not a child of god then you're a child of the devil the bible is strictly clear about that people like we're all god's children no honey we are not all god's children um if you have if you have cried out to the lord jesus ask him to save you then you are a child of god but if you have not then you are a child of your father the devil and who do you think is running your life the devil demons whispering telling these people well if you're not saved then you're just going along to get along right you're just going to listen to fall for all the you know all this stuff and and so we really need to pray for those folks we need to pray for people because they're they're truly lost they're truly lost these kids that have ransacked and, and and brutally beat this woman um and ran and those are kids that ran over that man on a bicycle for laughs i mean think about how wicked that is think about that think about that we need to pray for them and i know that's hard to say it really is it's hard for me to say it but it's true we need to pray for them um because the only one that's going to save them is jesus and to turn their life around because look the apostle paul he murdered christians remember hello there's nobody out of god's reach nobody and he has come to save any and all who will call upon his name and so um i always have to tell i've got to remind myself that we really really need to be praying pray for our country pray for our leaders um pray for other countries and their leaders um you know there's people in the uk and in switzerland and fiji and all over this world maui hawaii look at what's going on folks they're coming after people and of course we have the october 4th i don't know how i missed this <laughs> thank you michelle for bringing this to my attention october 4th you guys so i guess they're going to do the big um, um we're going to find you pinpoint you ping your phone thing on october the 4th and so my thing is if you have a faraday cage you might want to use that to put your phone in i'm just saying <laughs> i mean i'm not sure but i guess they could pretty much ping us wherever they want to like you know they were downloading software on our phones remember overnight nobody knew it you woke up the next morning like what you know and so yeah so i guess they can just you know and i don't know if it'll do any good um for us to to, to put our phone up whatever it's going to be this emergency you know it's just funny because i wrote a book i wrote this uh series this i'm sorry hit the microphone i hit this uh i wrote this fiction series and it's um aliens demons or angels and it's a uh, world uh world and chaos is the first book world peace and then and then um, the four horsemen of the apocalypse and so in my imagination i actually used something like this i used that they had uh that they that um when the government was trying to like whatever uh when they were you know this all this happened all these you know everybody's phones lit up with this you know this person which has been the antichrist later on but anyway i used it as they pinged everybody's phones and that's how they they found everybody that's how they 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 communicated um their orders to people and i was like what and then look what's happening um it's kind of crazy anyway uh you know um folks we we, we live in I, I when i was a kid i think back to me and my brother playing in the dirt pile with our hot wheel cars you know and I was like, my brother was ingenious. He is a genius. Literally, he's a genius. But he'd have like, we'd have little dirt roads and he had like little tunnels and he'd build, orchestrate all, or engineer all this stuff, you know, and it's so much fun. And I had so much fun. And that's all we have is pocket cars and dirt, you know. And I look at kids today and they have all of this stuff. And there comes a point in time, do we have too much technology? What Can we go a day without our phones? Can we? Um, I wonder, can we go a day without our TV? 
Um, there's some days I don't even turn on my TV. Um, I watch YouTube. I just watch pastors and, you know, Christians and stuff like that. Um, different programs. But uh, could we, could we, could we, could you, could I, I don't know. Can I, I'm, I may try that one day. Um, I'm planning on going out of town a little later on. And uh, I'm going to just kind of take some time and just not even have any technology. And so October 4th may be that day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, I, I did want to throw up this book, you guys. I got several books when I was at the Christian Bookstore um, yesterday. This is Mark Hitchcock's. Um, it's called The End. And it's everything you'll want to know about the apocalypse. And uh, Dr. Tim LaHaye, best-selling co-author of the Live Behind series, said, um, a must-read for anyone who wants to know what's going on in this world today. Guys, this thing is jammed, packed, full of everything. It's a comprehensive guide to Bible prophecy in the end days. And I'll tell you what, um, okay, so it is a comprehensive guide to anything you wanted to know about the end times. So, uh, everything you want to know about the apocalypse. And so, I mean, it's, it's probably it's over like 500 pages, I think. It is, uh, so I think it is maybe quite five, almost 500, might be five, 497. Yeah, a little over 500 pages. So, folks, pick that up at uh, your Barnes & Noble. Um, I would say Hastings. I don't know Hastings anymore, how old school I am. But I'm sure you can grab it on Amazon or wherever you get your books at. But that's a good book to have. So, um, going to go back to this October the 4th testing thing. Um, so, there's two tests. I guess it's going to be a nationwide test. One is going to be uh, a WEA test, and that's the FEMA's Integrated Public Alert, blah, blah, blah. We're going to ping you, find out where you are. Uh, yeah, scam. Anyway, um, that's going to hit your cell phones, supposedly. Uh, it's going to use active cell towers. And then the other one is an EAS test. And this is a common alerting protocol message um, from Open Platform for Emergency Networks. This is going to hit your TVs, your radios, your satellite radios, your wireline video providers. It's going to hit your televisions, cable, um, broadcasters, radio, that kind of fun stuff. And so um, I wouldn't put it past our government to do whatever they do. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? Is it worth it for us to, um, I don't know, go out into the country and just whatever? Because um, technically they could, I guess, hit your phone whenever they wanted to. I guess they're giving you a heads up. They probably already pinged. I mean, they already know. They know. I mean, our apps on our phone track our every move. You know, people don't realize that your phone listens to you. Uh, you know, it probably makes fun of me when I'm asleep. But who knows? Um, your TV um, listens to you. It's called smart for a reason. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? So um, is it really worth it? I, I don't know. Um, but where I, I live, we have a place that's going, it's a military surplus. And they're going, uh, they're not going out of business, but they're moving. And uh, Hope and, and her husband, they're fantastic folks. I tell you what, I love them so much. I'm going to totally miss them. Uh, if you guys are in the um, Oklahoma area, up northern part of Oklahoma, close to, I guess, up to towards Joplin, Missouri, in that area, that's where they're going to be heading to. So if you guys live up in that area, man, go pay them a visit. They got some good stuff. Anyway, um, I picked up some, um, it's called PolyPro clothing. Um, it doesn't look like much, but the military uses it. And a friend of mine um, that is deployed, he said it is the best. It doesn't look like much, but it will definitely keep you warm. And she had told me that too. She goes, if you grab this stuff, it's like warm. It doesn't look like it, but it is. And so I was like, okay. So I got the little pants, you know, and I was like, all right. And then I was like, well, I was kind of cheap and I didn't get the shirt. 
And um, I was talking to my friend who's deployed right now. And he goes, you better get that. It really works. I'm like, okay. So I picked up the pants and the shirt for 30 bucks. I said, all right. So I went back and got those. And so um, I got a lot of other stuff. I got an ammo can. Um, and so ammo cans can also be used as a Faraday cage, just in case you guys know. And microwave. She said some of the old school microwaves and stuff. And so um, the way to test it, she said, was to put your phone in there and then have somebody call it. And so if you hear your phone ringing, you know it doesn't work. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. So anyway, I got one of those. Um, I do have some things that I want to put in there. I've got older phones and stuff that I would like to put in there. Because if an EMP strike hits, um, you know, no one's going to tell us when that's going to. And they're always talking about grid down and all this other stuff that's going to happen. So they kind of tell you beforehand what their plans are. And some people will prepare and some people won't. Um, you know, the Bible tells us what's coming. So some people will be prepared and some people won't. Um, and so I always like to err on the side of caution and what the Bible tells me is going to happen. I kind of want to prepare for that. Uh, will we be here for the tribulation as Christians? No, we won't. But will we see a ramp up to the tribulation and the things that are going to happen during the tribulation? Yes, we will. We are seeing that right now. I do not know if you guys are aware of all the natural disasters going on simultaneously globally right now there are so many we have large hail over in england we have flooding in china flooding in in the middle east we have major earthquakes we have um, volcanoes erupting we have fires burning so folks take this as what we see right now and multiply that by like a hundred thousand and that is what the tribulation is going to be like you do not want to be here if you ever listen to anything that anybody ever tells you, please, please listen to this. You do not want to be left behind for the tribulation. That's only if you survive. I mean, there's no telling you'll survive anything. I mean, we, we could, you know, I could walk out the door and get struck by lightning. Nobody really knows. You know what I mean? So we don't know. God only knows. God knows our time. He has the hairs of our head numbered. He knows. He knows when he's going to call us home. So uh, always be prepared. Always live with that expectation that I could go home at any minute. I could go in the tribulation. I mean, I could go to the tribulation. Oh, my goodness. I could go in the rapture or the Lord could call me home right now. My number could be up and he'd be like, you're coming home. You know, so we always need to live with that expectation. And um, we always need to be right. You know, we need to be ready. Um, my thing is, if you sin, ask for forgiveness because you're going to break that fellowship with the Lord. Now, does that mean you're going to go to hell if you die in your sin? No, people preach that. That's wrong. If it was up to us to, to hold on to our salvation. <laughs> and that ain't happening um so no it's not but if you if you're a christian and you sin well you're breaking that fellowship with the lord you know because you've sinned against him how would you like it if if your best friend you know cheated on you or said something hateful to you would you want them to apologize i mean you know what i mean so i kind of look at it like that so if you offend god you know or offend the holy spirit you grieve the holy spirit you know ask for forgiveness he's going to forgive you and you're going to restore that right fellowship with him and you're going to go on right Now's the time you want to be in great fellowship with the Lord because things are crazy. I mean, I don't have to tell you. You don't have to look around the world and say, well, something's, something's not right here. We all know that we are living in the end days. And so I, I want to be in that right fellowship with the Lord, that sweet fellowship with the Lord, you know, communing with him. I talk to him all day. I talk to him, I mean, all the time. I'm always, you know, talking with the Lord. Every, my thought is always continuously for him just about and um and what i can do for him or you know what i'm what am i doing that i shouldn't be doing um but uh with that you know guys i just i i am still just blown away i'm still blown away by everything that's happening but this is all just the beginning signs 
and it's like labor pains upon a, a pregnant woman, you know, um, as what the Bible says, these things are only going to intensify and intensify and intensify until Christ comes back. And so we need to be ready because we see all these signs happening. We know the tribulation is coming, but we also know that the rapture of the church comes before the tribulation. We are not meant for God's wrath. That's what he said. That's what he said. Uh, and so people, they try to attribute it to all kinds. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If you hate your Christian brother because of their pre-tribulation views, um, something's not right there. Um, I'll just tell you that right now. There is so much hate towards people who are premillennialists, uh, pre-tribulationists, whatever, that they think, I mean, they absolutely hate us. Like, is that biblical? No. Is it a salvational issue doctrinally? No. No, it is not. It's uh, it's who goes and who stays, you know. Um, if we're wrong as premillennials or pre-tribulate, well, hey, then we're wrong, you know. But if we're right, we're right, you know. The Bible said, the Bible clearly teaches it. I mean, and I've had people email me. I've had people, you know, uh, message me and like all kinds of stuff with their like, you know, they're, they're hateful about it. Like, look, new, if you want to stay here for the tribulation, more power to you. Go for it. I don't care if that's what you want to do. Um, but, you know, it, it's a hatred. And that is that is not biblical. We are not to hate our brothers and sisters. We are not to cause uh, a divisiveness between our brothers and sisters. Look, if we disagree, that's fine. We can disagree. Um, you know, John MacArthur is a Calvinist. As somebody emailed me. Yes, John MacArthur is a Calvinist. But he's also a pre-millennial, pre-tribulationist. That's what he also believes and so um, him and R.C. Sproul were very good friends, very, very good friends. And they disagreed on that. They disagreed on a lot of things, but yet they were still friends. There is a big difference. If we disagree with one another as Christians, that's fine. Family's going to disagree. You know, we're not going to know everything until we get to heaven. And even when we get there, we probably still won't know everything. But as far as arguing with each other, that no, we're not called to argue. We're called to love one another. And so I just want to throw that out there to everybody, um, you know, listening, because I got to tell myself that too, because sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's easy to get upset, you know, like, hey, or get offended when somebody tells you something like that. Hey, understand somebody, who was it? Somebody put it on my podcast uh, about the King James Version. Uh, I got your message. I haven't had a chance to read all of it yet. Um, as far as researching that, I have one thing to tell you, go to gotquestions.org. You can, godquestions.org is a wonderful, wonderful place to go if you have questions. So I'm going to top it up here, godquestions.org. And um, if you have, you know, some people have, they think the King James Version is the only version, the King James this. I, my thing with the King James Version is Catholics, um, all kinds of different stuff. I love the King James Version. It's very poetic. Um, I do, but they want to, um, I'm going to tell you what. So, um so what is the, okay, so we have, um, what is the King James Version? So if you think it's the only one, um, there there are some bad translations out there. I will give you that. There's some, the new NIV is terrible. Um, there are some that are very, very bad. The only translations that I read are um, the NASB, the new, King, the new King James. I read the old King James. Um, I also like the LSB, which is the Legacy Standard Bible, which um, is John MacArthur. Uh, grace to you um it's the master seminary and so i trust that translation um i'm not a big fan of the esv i mean it's a good translation but in in 
the things that I don't like about the ESV in the King James Version is they do not capitalize God's name. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they do not capitalize. To me, ah, I find reverence that you should capitalize that. That's just my pet peeve, you know. Um, what other ones do not translate? There are several other ones don't, but the ESV in the in the King James do not, and that kind of bug, bugs me. But you know, hey, but I like the NSB, uh, NESB, the older one, not the new NESB. I like the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB, the older one, not the new CSB that they've translated to. That no, I like the old HCSB. The only two translations that you're going to find where they correctly. Um, where they correctly translate bond servant would be the LSB legacy standard Bible and the Holman Christian standard Bible. They both translate it as slave. We're slaves of Jesus Christ. And so bond servant is a slave It's doulos. So, um, doulos. So, you know, if you want to go back to the Greek, Greek text and the Hebrew text and, you know, get everything technically right, then, you know, we are slaves. So that's another thing I want to throw out there. Those two translations get it right. My pastor talked about that a couple Sundays ago as well. So, um, but if you do have questions about different translations, go to gotquestions.org. I've done tons of research um, on translations on the ones that I read, the ones that I, uh, that I love, and that's where I went to. I went to gotquestions.org and did a lot of my research there. So anyway, if you guys want to research that, that's where I would go. Um, I'm not one to tell you what to read, what not to read. I will tell you, don't read them paraphrase ones out there. There's the passion that's heretical. Um, all that, the message, no. All those things are terrible. The new NIV, they changed the pronouns, all this garbage. No, there are some very bad translations. I will give you credit. There are bad translations out there. But the new King James, the King James, the NASB, those are pretty good standby um, translations. And I like the LSB, so that's just me. Hey, there's one that I read. Um, it is the, uh, oh my goodness, I can't remember the name of it. I think it is the C, oh, don't, now I had to think about it, didn't I? Anyway, I do read that one because there's people um, that listen that are in other countries and around the world that listen to, to this podcast. I'm so humbled, that's amazing, but um, wow. Uh, but I, I will read out of that because it's a whole lot easier to understand, and so um, that's a good translation as well. If you go back and look at who translated it, um, then you have a better idea of, you know, good translations, bad translations. But anyway, I'm going to get off of that. Anyway, so <laughs> we have a lot of stuff to cover before I get out of here. Actually, I actually got one more to talk about. And it's a pretty lengthy article. It's the big, the big tech beast system technology tycoons are more than capable of influencing society on a worldwide scale. And so this is posted the 18th of September, and it is by Mondo Gonzalez. You can find it at harbingersdaily.com. And so uh, most people have heard of the James Webb Space Telescope. It was launched in 2021 and is parked at an orbital location over 900,000 miles from Earth. This space uh, telescope mirror is over five times larger than the Hubble mirror and way more advanced, he says. As a um, as director of Prophecy Watcher's own Psalm 19 uh, project observatory, he goes, I am, in, I am awed by the images coming from the Webb telescope. The stunning magnitude of the greatness of God and the revealing of his glory, Psalm 19, 1, makes humanity seem very small when we observe the grandeur of God's creation, and even more so when we understand that even this newest technology captures only a glimpse of his magnificence. Oh, boy. So one of the Webb's recent images reveals over 45,000, folks, 45,000 
extremely distant galaxies in a small portion of the sky. The size and scale of the universe that God created on the fourth day is beyond comprehension. Have you ever noticed how casually Genesis 1.16 refers, uh, references the creation of all the stars? It reads, so God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and also the stars. Unquote. He says it is now estimated that there are one to two trillion galaxies with an average of 100 to 200 billion stars within each galaxy. God basically says, look what I did on a Wednesday. These are the works of the power of his hands. Psalm 19, 1 and 2, uh, revealing the unfathomable heights of God's compassion. Psalm 103 and 11 and wisdom. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. Sadly, the audacious builders who envisioned a great tower that would touch the heavens those in command of the web telescope have so far failed to give god the glory he deserves eyes to see but hearts that are darkened technology is advancing at a staggering pace but it merely parallels advances in other arenas the coming antichrist will leverage to fulfill his plans his evil plans to enslave humanity um, during the tribulation so the coming beast system will require political economic social governmental religious and technological advances that will enable the antichrist to accomplish all of his desires we must also remember that the antichrist needs to help to accomplish his goals even though he is empowered by the dragon himself revelation 13 2 and 4 the antichrist manipulates a coalition of 10 kings to implement his worldwide beast system he will then subdue or remove three of them at a future time Let's consider how the scriptures describe these 10 kings. Quote, I want to throw in here. Remember that Satan is not God. He is not omnipresent. All He's not everywhere, all knowing everything. He walks the earth, remember? So he's just one person. So don't think that he has the power of God. So anyway, moving right along. Daniel 9, or I'm sorry, Daniel 7 uh, verses 19 to 20 in key james version so it says uh, then i would know the truth of the fourth beast which was diverse from all the others exceedingly exceeding dreadful whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass which devoured break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet and of the ten horns that were in his hand or and of the ten horns that were in his head and of the other which came up and before whom three fell even of that horn that had eyes in a mouth that spake very great things, those are whose look was more stout than his fellows. And of course, Daniel seven twenty four in the KJV says, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. Revelation chapter 17, verses 12 through 13 also reads, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So he says, Armando continues and he says from the above passages we learn three characteristics of these ten kings number one the Greek word for king Basilius in Revelation 17 12 offers a broader nuance than merely what we understand regarding the word king one of the best Greek lexicons the BDAG has the following as its second entry one who possesses unusual or transcendent power so this meaning seems consistent with the Revelation chapter 17, verse 12. It says, where we are told that these 10 figures do not have a kingdom yet, but will receive authority to rule as kings for the final 
hour of the Antichrist beast reign in the seven-year tribulation period. We will call them the, quote, 10 influencers because they do have unusual power or some valuable level of authority that the Antichrist will seek to leverage in uh, uh, Revelation 17, 13. So number two, they are not required to be in governmental or ruling positions at the time of their arrangement with the Antichrist. Number three, when the time comes, they will give their significant influence or power to the beast and in return, given the ability to rule with him for a short period in his final kingdom, Revelation chapter 17, verse 13. So there are a variety of interpretations of who the 10 kings are. Some see them as leaders over geographical regions. This could be true, but as I mentioned above, he says they do not need to be actual governmental officials or literal kings. Instead, they could be what we know as oligarchs or technocrats who will one day give their authority, technology, wealth, influence to the Antichrist in exchange for being allowed to rule in his beast system financial oligarchs or tycoons when addressing technology it is relevant or um, yeah, as relevant to note that technological research and development is expensive we are witnessing in our day the super rich not only not often sticking to the one industry which made them wealthy but instead spreading their wealth into sometimes completely disparate technologies or fields of research for example, Elon Musk is involved in Twitter, Tesla, SpaceX, Neuralink, OpenAI, and The Boring Company. It's not rocket science to recognize that technology, technology tycoons with staggering amounts of money are capable of influencing society on a worldwide scale. This influence can include shaping the political landscape through outright bribes or the political lobby system. This massive level of impact doesn't require them to be in actual power or governmental positions. Instead, they wield their influence through proxies who purchase uh, who purchase access to greedy politicians seeking to magnify their power. Technological oligarchs or technocrats. These technocrats partner with governments, NGOs, and financial institutions. One organization with extensive official and unofficial agreements with technocrats is the World Economic Forum or the WEF. The WEF is dedicated to seeing a complete, quote, reset of the life on planet Earth functions. They are brazenly presenting their vision and pursuing technological or technology to accomplish their goals by the year 2030, known as Agenda 2030 and the Great Reset. In his first book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, Klaus Schwab highlighted 21 different up-and-coming technologies that he claimed will, quote, break into the public domain to a significant degree, end quote, and cause great shifts to individualize, or I'm sorry, great shifts to individuals, organizations, government, and society. The following is Klaus's list of game-changing technologies. In addition, some ancillary uh, technologies include nanotechnology, quantum computing, biotechnology, the Internet of Things, or the IoT, decentralized uh, uh, consensus, fifth generation, wireless technologies, or 5G, and satellite internet technologies for worldwide distribution. It's mind-boggling to think of the influence these technologies will have on world society and how they will serve the purpose of the Antichrist. I'm going to... Uh, clicking here really quick and just going to throw in um, I stopped wearing my Apple Watch oh I don't know about three or four months ago I used to wear a Fitbit and then occasionally I would wear my Apple Watch and then of course I did some information or I did some research on these IOBs or Internet of Bodies and I was like well <laughs> so I stopped wearing that and uh, yeah, we're not, I'm not, I want to give them free data about myself. Look, Heather's heart rate is at whatever. Oh, look, she's very healthy. Look how much exercise she's got. Look, she's just sitting on the couch eating Cheetos. Yeah, I, was like, I don't want them to have that kind of information about me. So I stopped wearing it. 
Anyway, moving right along. So satellite internet connectivity. So Amazon seeks to put up 3,236 satellites by the end of the decade called the Cooper system or Project Cooper, K-U-I-P-E-R. Uh, they have two launches planned for 2023 and service expected to arrive to customers in late 2024. One web saw an initial 650 satellites. As of February 2023, they had 542 active satellites in low Earth orbit. Starlink, Elon Musk, over 4,500 satellites were working in orbit by May 2023 with plans for over 42,000 within five years. Currently, over 1.5 million active subscribers in 50 plus countries with global mobile phone service to be implemented in 2023. You ever think about all this space junk above our Earth? Like what happens if this all falls? I don't know. Just thinking. Anyway, so China is planning to deploy 40,000 of its of its own satellites to pursue its agenda, claiming to desire additional internet coverage across its expansive geography. Critics note that such technology can also be used for surveillance and control. Oh, Iridium started in 1998 and now has 82 active satellites in a partnership with Qualcomm for Android users. Global Star Communications became functional in 1998 with 75 current satellites and functionality with the Apple 14 iPhone. Mm. So surveillance, facial recognition, camera technology, data acquisition through social media and internet, artificial intelligence. So most of the top 10 financial and technological oligarchs are in Involved in the research and advancement of artificial intelligence, in his book 2018, in his 2018 book AI Superpowers, China, Silicon Valley, and the New World Order, Kefu Ling, or I'm sorry, Kefu Li predicted, quote, instead of dispersion of industry um, profits across different companies and regions, we will begin to see greater and greater concentration of these um, astronomical sums in the hands of a few, unquote. This certainly sounds like financial oligarchs who wield incredible power and influence. AI needs three things to work effectively, big data, computing power, and algorithm engineers. Government policies supporting AI are also helpful. To help accomplish the computing power requirement, many of these same technologies oligarchs are investing hundreds of millions of dollars in quantum computers which are billions of times faster than modern supercomputers it comes as no surprise that google microsoft and ibm are some of these fields leaders did you hear that guys Mm-mm-mm. i'm gonna read that again many of these technological oligarchs are investing hundreds of millions of dollars in quantum computers quantum computers which are billions with a b as in boy of times faster than modern supercomputers that's beyond that's mind-blowing anyway um, mondo continues biotechnology elon musk is heavily involved in connecting the human brain to technology his Neuralink was given fda approval for human trials in may 2023 multi-billionaire software developer bill gates of hell i'm sorry bill gates is uh pursuing implantable contraception Yes, folks. Nano vaccine technology and subcutaneous microchip implanting. Backed by his foundation, MIT, researchers are developing a method of recording a patient's vaccination history through invisible dye injected under the skin. Mm, what could go wrong there? Mm. Uh, genetically modified farming. Bill Gates of hell has also, I'm sorry, Bill Gates has also spread his only 
all his oligarchical whatever influence further than any other he has now become the largest private landowner of farm land in the united states presidential candidate robert kennedy jr observed gates has been quote expanding his power over global populations by buying devalued assets at fire sale prices and maneuvering for monopoly uh, control over public health so combined with his investments in global communications, digital currencies, high-tech surveillance, data harvesting systems, and artificial intelligence, Bill Gates is the quintessential technocrat. Yes, folks. So he goes on to say here, um, uh, censorship. So yes, folks, there's more to come. Of course, we knew this was going to come out, right? I'm going to get a little bit more comfortable here sorry censorship so many financial and technological oligarchs are using their social media platforms and data acquisition to surveil censor cancel the platform and shame those not deemed woke enough or willing to follow their own idiosyncratic idiosyncratic rules and politically correct narratives many u.s lawmakers and officials actually co-conspire with big tech big tech oligarchs encouraging them to police or censor content more aggressively uh innovative innovative zones innovation zones so nevada governor steve sisolak recently proposed giving corporations who owns significant portions of land in nevada a status equivalent to counties. They would be able to impose taxes, form school districts, courts of law, and provide other government services. That is beyond ridiculous. But anyway, so it goes on to say, what lies ahead? As we look at end-time prophetic uh, events coming to pass, it is becoming increasingly apparent that some of the most influential entities in both global policy and societal changes are not founding governments at all. Instead, multinational financial and technological oligarchs are eager to conform the world to their own technocratic purposes. Mm. Could these figures be the ten kings or influencers who give their quote authority and power to the beast or the antichrist and in return receive authority to rule as kings? is with the beast for one hour it's revelation chapter 17 verses 12 and 13 he says time will tell but a compelling case uh can certainly be made that the te technology these 10 figures control will help the antichrist consolidate and enforce his tyrannical rule over the entire earth uh the spirit of the antichrist is here now and the antichrist is coming the big, big Antichrist is coming. Thankfully, greater is he who is in us and is coming again soon than he who is in the world. First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Folks, that article is by Mondo Gonzalez. You can find that at harbingersdaily.com. Guys, whew, I don't know what to tell you, but we are in the end days. And uh, our only hope is Jesus. The only hope of America is Jesus. The only hope of this world is Jesus. That is our only hope. And so um, I wanted to touch one more thing uh, on the translations. I know there are some people who are diehard King James only people. And that's great. I got friends who are King James only. Man, that's all. You know, that's it. That There's no other. You know, uh, Brother Spencer Smith, huge King James, um, King James version only. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, I mean, does he hate people who read other? No, he doesn't. Do I? No. Um, but I did want to throw that out there. I have done a lot of research, um, and you guys do your own research on that. I get I get a lot of emails about that, but I did have one um, 
uh, that actually commented on one of my podcasts. So I did, I did want to address that, touch on that. Um, you know, if, if you, if you're strongly held beliefs, believe in it, then read the King James version, you know, read what the Lord's put upon your heart. Uh, but I've done a lot of research on the translations that I like to read. And, um, uh, that's, you know, that's where my heart's at. So anyway, guys, with that, I'm going to get off of here, but get in the word of God, let the word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, oh, perhaps today, Art, perhaps today, you guys, the Lord Jesus could come and take us home. But until then, we need to fight the good fight. We have got to keep telling people about Jesus Christ, how he can save them. He's the only way. He's the only way, the only truth in life. And that's it. He's the only way to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So, Guys, get in the Word of God. I'm telling you what, because you'll be easily you'll be easily led astray if you don't know the Word of God. And so, great deception is here now, and more is coming. Uh, and during the tribulation, there will be great deception. It'll be so bad because God is sending that deluding force, especially those folks who rejected Jesus while they had a chance, and they rejected Him. They were left behind. And their hearts were hardened. And so even it's so bad that they want to live in their sin so bad that even in the end days, they know it's God pouring out his wrath on them. And yet they refuse to repent. Wow. Can you believe it? I just can't. I can't. But we have been chosen by God. And so that's a wonderful feeling to know that we are chosen by God. Wow. So anyway, guys, if you hear that um, prompting from the Holy Spirit today, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait another moment. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. May God bless each and every one of you. May he give you boldness to go out there and tell the world about him while there is still time. Thank you guys so much for listening. May God bless you guys. And let's keep looking up for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ.